Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Chapters 4 through 6 in the book of Hosea give us many details concerning God's chastisement of his rebellious people, Israel. For the most part, he used the great nations, the great empires of human history to accomplish this chastisement. Israel has suffered under first the Babylonian Empire of Nebuchadnezzar, and then the Medo-Persian Empire, and the Greek Empire, and ultimately the Roman Empire. And as harshly as Israel has suffered under these four great empires that were prophesied first by the prophet Daniel, still God has used this for good because Israel will eventually return to Jehovah and be fully restored. But even more than that, God has used these four consuming empires as factors to help in the accomplishment of his great purpose in bringing forth and manifesting Christ. Dick Taylor has joined us, and uh, Dick, it's an interesting portion, but I want to first say how good it is to be back together with you. It's been too long, and uh, that, uh, we hope, doesn't continue. Right, we hope it doesn't continue. Dick, we're in this uh, book of Hosea, quite an eye-opening, short prophet. We had this dynamic beginning. I guess I don't know what other adjective to use here. This allegory we're really seeing depicted in God's instruction to Hosea, kind of a an allegory of God's own relationship with Israel. Right. The first thing he tells Hosea to do is, is to go and take this harlot, Gomer, for a wife. Amazing. Isn't it? So that Hosea <laughs> would know what God was feeling like in his relationship with his wife, so to speak, his people Israel. Yeah, just as she leaves Hosea, so the Lord's feeling is the same. My people just leave me. So the whole cry in this particular portion of the word is, oh, that my people would return to me. (laughs) Yeah. Even uh, the matter we come to today, uh, you know, if you really get in and read these three chapters, four, five, and six, is a pretty negative situation, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of instances of God's severe chastisement of his people. Yeah, it just goes over and over and over again. I mean, leading up to chapter four through six, you just realize, whoa, this is a kind of sad book. It's just like nothing but punishment right. and chastisement. But uh, this punishment and chastisement is really under God's compassion that they might really, really experience him. They might uh, be people who are fully restored by him. They are people who really experience him for his expression and manifestation on this earth. And they could be people who live in his presence continually. This book uh, is a book that touches some of the great prophecy of the Old Testament. We have already touched a little bit, and we will touch more in the coming programs concerning Daniel's vision in chapter 2, where uh, he was interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream of this uh, human image with these four sections representing these four great empires. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, We'll come back to that a little bit today. And we'll see, as we try to touch in the opening, that certainly on the one hand, when we look at it humanly, it's a tragic, dark situation. These have been godless uh, empires, for the most part, that have opposed to God. On the other hand, 
how incredible the Lord in his uh, divine arrangement uses even these uh, godless empires to help bring forth Christ to accomplish his purpose. So we really need to see this in the broad sense, don't we? And not just some isolated instances of Israel being punished. That's right. Well, let's look at a couple of these verses uh, today that will kind of set the tone. We don't want to just see the negative. We want to see these two great positives. Israel will return to Jehovah. Amen. And even at times in her history during these books, we see sort of short periods of returning. But in principle, the great return is yet to happen. That will come at the end of the age as well. That's right. But uh, in the meantime, God has also been able to bring forth Christ and is continuing to bring forth and manifest Christ. Amen. All That's right. true. Dick, in Hosea 5.14, I will be like a lion to Ephraim. Amen. And like a young lion to the house of Judah, I, I will tear them and go away. Amen. I will carry them off and there will be no one to deliver them. Amen. But 6.1, come and let us return to Jehovah, for he has torn us but he will heal us. He has stricken us, but he will bind us up. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's witness leave of the first portion. In this message, Hosea repeats again the sins of the apostate people, the punishment of Jehovah, and the return of the apostate people. Could you believe 800 years before Christ, Israel became so sinful, I do ask you to read all these chapters, four or five, six, written by Hosea. The more you read, the more you would realize the situation. It was worse than today. And now we come to the return of the apostate people. The return. Could that kind of people return? You have to say yes. Why not? Because they are under God's compassion. Jehovah will return to his people. He will go and he will return. Very good. Until the apostate people acknowledge their offense and seek his face. In their affliction, they will seek him earnestly. So, eventually, God's chastisement works. All the divine chastisements were afflictions to Israel. Today, the nation, small nation of Israel, does suffer the afflictions. Do you know, day and night, they don't have peace. The nation of Israel, every night, they must be on guard. Not only their boys, their girls are soldiers. The girls, I saw that, with guns on their shoulders, the whole day and night. They were on the alert to protect their little country. Uh, you know, Dick, I've been to Israel. I know you were also, I think you were there with uh, Witness Lee when, right. in the, uh, 1977. I was there in, uh, in the late uh, 1990s. Uh, and you do, you still, today, you see these uh, female soldiers carrying mm. these machine guns. I remember we were at one place and the school bus mm. kids were on a, a field trip with their teacher. Right, right. And out with them jumped this uh, these two young lady soldiers with, with machine guns and this little troop of first, second graders. It was it was such a stark uh, realization. They're still under, in a sense, this chastisement, aren't they? They're fighting to protect their, their country. They really are. When we were there, even we went to Jacob's Well 
there's a young man with a machine gun guarding us as tourists. And I said, what do you do? He says, I'm a student, but this is my part-time job. Yeah. And so they're always under some kind of chastisement, some kind of judgment. And like even in the newspaper, they're almost on the front page every day. Right. Or somewhere in the front section. And it's a little tiny country, about 180 miles long and about 50 miles wide, but the center of the news. Anyway, I do appreciate this phrase that uh, Brother Lee mentioned, that their being able to return to the Lord uh, was because they were under his compassions. But the chastisements were used to help sober them and wake them up so that they could return to him. Uh, Yes, Israel was under chastisement. In a sense, we believers have been under chastisement. But the Lord's goal is that we would return to him. And if we really return to him, there's no substitutes for him. He is our first and best love. There'll be the experience of being healed inwardly. There'll be the experience of bound up, being made one together. And we will be the Lord's testimony. So I thank the Lord this really... Uh, has an up-to-date application. Mm. Hallelujah, we can return because we're under God's uh, compassions. At times, Dick, even as New Testament believers, we have to realize we're under God's kind of chastisement. That's right. But we're also under his compassions. Amen. He has torn us, but he will heal us. Amen. He's stricken us, but he will bind us up. Amen. Isn't that a good verse, a wonderful promise to stand on? Praise the Lord. Let's go on to verse 2, Dick, in chapter 6. I like how it continues. Not only does he heal us and bind us up, he will enliven us after two days. Amen. And on the third day, he will raise us up, and we will live in his presence. Amen. Here's Witness Lee once more. Okay. Jehovah will enliven them after two days. On the third day, he will raise them up, and they will live in his presence. What are the two days? And what is the third day? In the Bible... There is a big principle that says, with God, 1,000 years like a day. So two days means 2,000 years. And the third day means the third thousand years. After two days, God will enliven us. This means what? This means in the two days, in the 2,000 years, God leaves the Jews there to be dead. But after these two days, God will come to make them alive, to enliven them. Then on the third day, God will resurrect them, raise them up. According to history, you can see the fulfillment of this. From the day when Titus, the prince of rule, destroyed the Jerusalem temple and the city of Jerusalem, They were scattered. The Jews never went back for 2,000 years. And during this time, just as Hosea predicted, no what? No sacrifice. That means no priesthood. No altar for the Jews to offer sacrifice to God. You know, today, the Jews don't have a temple. They only have synagogues. They don't have prophets. They don't have today priests. They only have rabbis. No kings, no princes, no prophets, no priests. This prophecy was fulfilled. This has been for 2,000 years. 
and the 2,000 years, I believe, should be counted from AD 70, from the time when Titus destroyed the temple. Jehovah will enliven them after two days. On the third day, he will raise them up, and they will live in his presence. Two days means two periods of 1,000 years. And the third day means third thousand years. That will be the uh, kingdom age. Dick, this is uh, one of those striking kind of uh, words I remember hearing, this kind of speaking uh, as a new believer. Mm. And it very much strengthened my faith, both in the Bible and in the Lord. You realize history has really uh, manifested itself, really as... uh, the Bible predicted it would. We've had this 2,000-year period since uh, Titus came and destroyed the temple mm-hmm. and the nation of Israel was scattered. And now within our generation, Israel at least has returned in some sense. It hasn't returned fully to Jehovah, but interesting, isn't it, a 2,000-year period? Oh, yes. Yeah, this is tremendous, Chris. And I mean, even for us to be alive when uh, Israel was restored to be a nation back in 48, yeah, and then the... Uh, city of Jerusalem was no longer trodden underfoot by the Gentiles, according to uh, Luke 21 in 1967, was returned to them. And just to be living at this age, it's like at the end of these two days, <laughs> yeah, these 2,000 years. We live at a very, very privileged time. And uh, these things are in process right now. And our prayer is that, and no doubt the Lord's desire is that his people would return well, in a way, there's been some return, but not really a return. Right. But there will be the return. There will be a return. Because of his compassions. And I appreciate, again, the application to us, Chris, we as believers, as we're near the end of the age, just from this word here about the two days and then the third day. And on the third day, he will raise us up, hmm. and we will live in his presence. Uh, Israel, eventually, on the third day, will be raised up. And they will live in his presence. And I just appreciate that for us believers, we have the privilege of living in the third day right now. Right. Because Christ himself was raised on the third day, and today he's in resurrection. He is the wonderful life-giving spirit. And the Bible says, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. So we have the privilege of every day enjoying him and living in his presence preparing for his coming. Wow. So this is tremendous. After two days, he'll enliven us. Third day, he'll raise us up, and we will live in his presence. This is spoken to Israel, but applied to us as believers, and thank the Lord we have this privilege right now. But eventually, the day is coming where we will fully live in his presence. Thank the Lord we have the foretaste right now. We can live in his presence because he's the life-giving spirit. And he said in the end of Matthew, Lo, I am with you unto the consummation of the age. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can live in his presence in resurrection today. Aren't you glad he's the resurrected living Christ? Boy, Dick. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) All of us as believers, we enter into our third day. Amen. The first day of our Christian life. And we live a third day life from then on. Yeah, 1 Peter 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father who has regenerated Regenerated us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from among the dead. Israel's still waiting for its third day, but it's coming. That's right. And we're in the third day today. 
We are rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, Dick, let's go on to our last section today. In this one, we're going to jump ahead uh, to a verse from Micah, another of the minor prophets that we'll come to in full a little later on. But today, we do want to look at Micah 5, 2. It's a wonderful verse. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, so little to be among the thousands of Judah, from you there will come forth to me he who is to be ruler in Israel, and his goings forth are from ancient times, from the days of eternity. Amen. Dick, we want to get into his goings forth in this last portion. I would remind our listeners again how we opened the program. This picture in Daniel 2, these four great empires that God has used to Mm -hmm. consume and chastise Israel have also been used uh, by God in his sovereign arrangement to help accomplish the goings forth of the one from ancient time. That's right. From the days of eternity. We are not here doing a kind of a Bible study work, but I hope that all you dear saints could see some light, I tell you, from the time of Nebuchadnezzar for 27 centuries. Number one, God's chastisement over Israel. Number two, God's punishment upon the nations. And number three, these two things added together to bring in the manifestation of Christ. Don't think the manifestation of Christ only refers to Christ's second coming. No. We all have to realize the manifestation of Christ is a long time coming. Christ started his coming to the mankind, even coming into the mankind from his incarnation. This is why Micah 5.2, referring to Christ's incarnation, he used these two phrases, he whose goings forth, I like this term, his goings forth. Christ's going forth is his coming. And this is not just one, but goings. You see, his goings forth are from the days of eternity. Before the foundation of the earth, in eternity past, Christ was ready to go forth, to come. Christ came out of eternity into time. Christ came out of his position of being divine into his humanity. He came, and that coming never stops. Even today, still coming. And that going forth is still going on. Ongoing. It's an ongoing thing. Don't think Christ stopped his coming. No, he's coming. You have to realize Babylonian invention prepared the way for the uh, person to come in. And the person prepared the way for the Greeks, Macedonians, to come in. And the uh, Macedonians, the Greeks, prepared the way for the Romans to come in. You have to know it was by the Roman Empire that Christ was born in the way to fulfill what the Old Testament prophesies 
concerning his cunning. Without the Roman Empire, there was no way to fulfill all those prophecies that Christ could come according to the Bible. On the one hand, Roman Empire was a kind of consuming nation to consume all the other nations, right? But on the other hand, it was used by God to accomplish Christ's incarnation. Very strange. What does this mean? This means the chastisement by God over Israel and the punishment by God upon the nations all issue in one thing, in the manifestation of Christ. My, what a kind of accomplishment, the manifestation of Christ. Boy, Dick, this just blows up our uh, <laughs> understanding and our appreciation of the history of the Bible, of God's mm. plan, doesn't it? I mean, we're, we're so narrow in our understanding, and here's one of those, one of those passages and one of those uh, moments in the ministry where our view just gets, we get taken uh, you know, to 30,000 feet, don't we, and able to see finally a big chunk of God's eternal plan. Yeah, thank the Lord for this view, Chris. Uh, I mean, just like the Lord's first coming. Right. Uh, here's Israel under in a state of, of being punished and under God's chastisement, but it, it's all to issue in the manifestation of Christ. And there he is, God in the flesh. The Word became flesh, tabernacled among us, all through the Lord's punishment and chastisement of Israel with his compassions, but it issued yeah. in the uh, manifestation of Christ, the coming of Christ. And I appreciate so much, Chris, that this is uh, the same thing is going to happen right now. The Lord's chastisement of his people will issue in the manifestation of Christ and his second coming. But I also like the fact that through this ministry of the age, we've been brought to the moment-by-moment, day-by-day subjective experience of Christ, and that every day right. as believers, even as we're under any punishment from the Lord, any discipline and chastisement. It's just so that Christ would be manifested within our being, so that Christ, as it says in Ephesians 3, would actually build his home in our heart. Uh And uh, sometimes, you know, you're on the freeway, you're driving, and uh, you're not paying attention to the Lord, but the Lord uh, maybe even uses somebody's horn to punish you, to wake you up, and you return to the (laughs) Lord. You get enlivened by the Lord, and then you enjoy his goings forth which are his coming, and you have a sense, wow, the Lord has come to me again, even on the freeway while I'm driving. So there's the real practical application from this tremendous history with Israel and with all these uh, empires that were used by the Lord to punish them and chastise them, but it's all for the manifestation of Christ. Same way with us, any chastisement, it says, In Hebrews, whom he loves, he disciplines, Mm -hmm. he chastises, so that we might enjoy the manifestation. We would enjoy Christ coming forth, even within our heart and in our daily experience. So thank the Lord for these uh, verses in uh, Hosea and then this verse in Micah. Putting them together, I just enjoyed so much, Chris, that we are those who every day want to return to Jehovah, every day uh, be healed by him. Every day be bound up by him, and every day uh, be enlivened by him. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We want to be enlivened. And every day 
we would be good for the manifestation and the expression of Jesus Christ in us, through us, and upon this earth for his second coming. Wow. (laughs) Boy, Dick, the Lord is so faithful. He provides all of us with our own... um, Roman empires and that's, Babylonian empires and right. Medo-Persian empires <laughs> that's right. to apply a, a little chastising pressure. That's right. But as you said, for us, it's to bring us back to him a hundred times a day sometimes. Right, right. I, I leave him a hundred times that's a day right. sometimes. But Dave. hallelujah, we can return. A hundred times. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and have Christ manifested more even in us. Yes. Isn't that something? His goings forth, that's his going out of his uh, position yeah. in eternity past yeah. and his position in divinity right. and into humanity. Into humanity. So his goings forth is his coming into humanity. Every day he's still coming into us, isn't That's he? right. Every day he's coming into us and mingling with us wow. and building himself into us. What a joy to be involved in his goings forth and his building himself into us. Wonderful to have you in the fellowship again, Dick. I really look forward to uh, doing this more often. Amen. I'd, I'd love to. Both Dick and I encourage you to contact us to get the printed life study messages of the minor prophets. There's so much light in these messages. You can call us toll-free 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.